every good. And so far as we share Christ's suffering, that we may also share his life. And his glory is true. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, or an evildoer, or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God, and if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteousness is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and unrighteous sinners? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Father, we rejoice this morning in the work of Christ on our behalf and boldly come before you and also boldly take the same suffering on the cross. I pray that we would see your glory through it all, that we would live ethically and morally as Christians, that you may receive glory and that we would be persecuted only for knowing Christ and not for our sins. For we know that there is no longer any persecution for us in our sins. Christ died once for all. But so, Lord, that by your Spirit we would live lives that would glorify you, and that we would suffer according to God's will, and rejoice in the glory that we receive for our lives.
according to a recent article, and, and, and uh, I found this, I don't, I didn't check the date, I don't know if it's really, really good in the world, but a recent article was published in Science about psychology. I want you to hear this and consider it as we move forward. People who extreme, this is a summary of the of the findings of the study. People who extremely value happiness are also less likely to attain long-term happiness as demonstrated by lower levels of psychological well-being and life satisfaction. So this conclusion is crashing. This pattern was especially strong for individuals experiencing low-life stress. The happiness is supposedly most within reach. Summary concludes. Although happiness is a common goal, it appears that people who want to feel happy the most are often the least likely to achieve it. Again, aiming at the byproduct. To experience that we tend to look for peace, or in this case, as the article cites, happiness, where we tend to seek for it in the places of the world or in worldliness, where Christ explicitly states, In me, you have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Then, although happiness is a common goal, it appears that people who want to feel happy the most are often the least likely to achieve it. Thus, when we look for peace in the place of tribulation, that doesn't see it. We are regularly tested. Frustration begins to stir. And during that season of frustration or hardship, we begin to think what Peter said we should not think. And that is, we begin to think that something strange or something foreign is happening. We begin in that time to question, and it's just natural. The natural result of feeling frustrated by life circumstances and our setting. We begin to question, perhaps some of it more boldly than others, some of it lightly simmering, others explicitly stating. But again, we begin to question, if not, then we move to deny the goodness of God. How so? Because we are unable to perceive it in the place of difficulty. Thinking on this just for a few moments, I thought it was interesting the different personality types and uh, the way that we all, uh, different ones of us, engage with hardship and trial and respond to it differently. But there are some overlapping thoughts. I thought of two different but related directions. Again, it's how God can surface in our lives to 
two different but related directions. On the one hand, we can doubt the goodness of God in hardship by thinking too highly of our faith. Again, hardship happens to all of us. How will we respond? Well, we can tend to doubt the goodness of God in hardship by thinking too highly of ourselves. We've lived too righteously to be experienced this present difficulty. So on the one hand, we can kind of weigh out our difficulty in response to our level of proximate righteousness. There's a sense of uh, a type of zeal for self-importance. We turn bitter toward life and some people because we think we have it all together. Again, as I say, there's another direction, yet they're related. It's on the other hand, we can think ourselves too lowly. ourselves in a place of difficulty. We're not like others. We are not that strong. We are not that disciplined. We are simply just not that important. In response to God's providential difficulty, is then we're the wrong person for such a priority. I'm the wrong man. I'm the wrong person for such a priority. For self importance is that sense of a zeal for self abasement. Woe is me, I can't do it. But you see, whether we are option A or option B or a mixture of both A and B, no matter which direction we take in response to trial, both make the same mistake. Which is primarily, if not about ourselves, but again, it's about turning the point. It's about Christ. Consider it with me just for a few moments to wrap your mind around. Look at verse 12. Again, we'll read 12 and 13, and we'll pick up with 13 plus. Don't be surprised. It's fiery trial when it comes upon you. And again, we cited last week, it's a when, not if. This is the pilgrim journey. When it comes upon you to test you. Again, we spoke of the testing, and, and the point of testing is to reveal to us that God is not where we are going. God is not going to be educated by our inabilities and hardships. Uh, we, we ourselves are the ones being educated. Um, it, 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 it's testing you as though something strange were happening to you. And then he hits verse 13, but in place, instead of thinking it strange or in place of being surprised, there's another avenue. Rejoice. Rejoice what? In fiery trial. When it comes, 
this is a godly response. Rejoice. Notice the grammar. Insofar as. Thank you. 
notice once again how the blessing provided is not in the insult itself. The insult is a mere vehicle for the blessing. The insult is not the blessing, but the blessing through the insult is the confirmation that the Spirit of glory
Thank you. 